Welcome back to the Commitment Issues podcast, a new episode. Uh, we're back and colder than ever here, here in uh, the heatless Walmack house. Day seven, uh, day eight, maybe, of no heat. Uh, no need for heat, according to uh, subtweets via Twitter down in Miami. Uh, Rob Cassidy, Rob, how's it going? I want to become one of those people that every time a piece of celebrity news breaks, uh, that I, I go around and point out that there's all these awful news stories happening in the world and people are without power in other countries and landslides are happening as if the human brain can't comprehend two pieces of news at the same time. Well, if you're not speaking up, you're complicit, Rob. So uh, <laughs> you got to sleep. Yeah, God forbid somebody point out that Kim Kardashian had a child. You know, you want to talk about a crime against humanity. Talking about that. Boy, everybody thinks that. Well, I'll tell you what was a crime against humanity. Knicks, Jacksonville Jaguars, go down. Controversial calls. Uh, Nick Kruger joining us from Texas. Uh, let's get right into it, Nick. Uh, t- tell us, uh, how did you take uh, Sunday's loss to the old Patriots? Uh, man, I'm despondent, depressed. Uh, just, just do the podcast without me. Well, d- did you think they were? At what did you? Would you what point did you think they were going to win, or did you ever think they were really going to win? When they were up twenty to ten, did you think it was over? Uh, no, you know, obviously, you never think it's over. the pro- The problems as the game was happening, I didn't. You know, all the stuff, all the stuff, the, all the conversation about the referees and the missed calls, and uh, you know, the fact that Jacksonville had a hundred yards of penalties against them compared to the Patriots' ten. You know, none of that stuff in the moment was anything that I was like, well, I mean, I, I knew the penalty numbers, but it wasn't anything that I was concerned about so much as, you know, this Jacksonville did the same thing against New England that they did against Pittsburgh the week before where they get into a late game scenario. They only rush four. It's obvious they need to pass. And if they just blitz one extra guy, they'll do a much better job getting pressure on the quarterback. And they did that. They got a sack with Miles Jack and then they just continued to only rush four after they had evidence that that's something that could work for him. Then, of course, Brady did what Brady does, uh, throws touchdown passes and leads him back. I also thought that, you know, the fact when they were exchanging punts back and forth at the end of the game and they were just trying to run up the up the middle on first down, guaranteed every single time from their own nine-yard line, uh, you know, that that wasn't going to be a formula that was going to uh, help them, you know, kill the clock out fast enough. And then the, the result was what it was. So, I mean, I kind of saw it coming – uh, you know, f- from a little bit further away as it was happening in the moment. It was disappointing, but, you know, they are getting new uniforms in April, so at least I have that to look forward Good. to. Good, they can get rid of those CFL-looking helmets. Yeah, and the helmets are gone. As somebody that was monetarily invested in the money line, I threw a real, real, real hissy fit when they blew that ball dead and didn't let Miles Jack score that touchdown. Well, that's that. That's actually the third time that that's happened to him this season, and presumably that's happened to other teams across the NFL. I mean, I think you know that that's going to be something that is probably going to be looked at by the competition committee. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I like the competition committee to look at it right now and give me my money. Well, yeah, no kidding. But but I mean, it's 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 true across all forms of football, right? You let the play happen, and then you go back and review it as opposed to blowing it dead in the moment. I mean, that's happened That's happened multiple times to Jacksonville. I'm sure it's happened to other teams. That's got to be something that's looked at. Well, the stupid thing was they called it a fumble on the field. So why wouldn't you let it ride? You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand that anyway, but you know, I'm sure people don't want to hear us break down the NFL, but just another example 
The trio of us tortured. I, I disagree. I disagree with that. Jacksonville is now America's new team, as evidenced by the football ratings from the season. They've had two of the top five ranked uh, rated broadcasts in the NFL season. So, so Jacksonville is is the team of the people at this point now. And I'd like to think that I played some small part. In, the people's the people's you know, champ, if you will. That's right. <laughs> and our boy Blake Bortles, uh, you know. Oh boy, talk about a people's champ! And Blake is really—we're really due for an emotional roller coaster here as we get into free agency in the draft. There's really going to be some, you know, some highs and lows as far as he's concerned. Is he under contract for one more year? He is, right? They've—they've they've, like the the basically the way it works is he's been optioned for next year at, at like a nineteen million dollar salary. But I, you know, I think the the hope is that I, my personal hope is that they they keep him. You know, a lot of people are saying that they, you know, that they want to try and get him to renegotiate at a more reasonable number so they can continue, you know, kind of filling out the roster because they were, you know, they were to to borrow a term from from your uh, previous tweets, Woody, they they, they were a year ahead of schedule as far as I was concerned. So they still have, you know, some roster building they need to do. Well, this Super Bowl line is at five point, was at five point five. It is now at five. Yeah, the money's coming in on the Eagles, which uh, I have a feeling it'll make a, mate, a late move up. But I just wanted to quickly touch on the tortured uh, fan bases of the three of us. Of course, you know, me being a Portland Trailblazers fan, I had to watch Michael Jordan in the finals when I was a kid do that stupid the game where he shrugs, where he's making all those threes. That was uh, against the team of my youth. Of course, you know, the Blazers blowing a 14-point lead in Game 7 with Kobe and Shaq. Uh, Nick obviously is a Magic fan. Uh, he had to lo- watch them lose to uh, also to Kobe, where Courtney Lee famously, you know, missed a. a- well, that, that that wasn't the issue. The issue was Jameer Nelson coming back after not playing for three months after Rafer was having the you know the season of his life. <laughs> well, my point is. What happens is that you run into these teams with these transcendent players. You ran into Brady. You if you don't have to play Brady, you know you never know what could happen. Just like as I mentioned, my teams ran into Jordan and Kobe and Shaq, and and your team ran into Kobe. I know, I'm sure, you know Babe Ruth beat the Mets at some point or something like that in baseball, right, Rob? We, we just run into mediocre Royals players and mediocre Braves players with the name Chipper. Well, so wait, you're you're saying Chipper, Chipper, who's about to go in the Hall of Fame, is mediocre? Well, first of all, his name is Larry. Larry. Secondly, uh, I don't know, not mediocre, but he's not. You know, if we're comparing him to Brady or or Jordan, like he's not a transcendent figure. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player. He's fine, but I mean, I don't think yeah. that it's the same. What it's about not the same level? <laughs> what about Edgar Martinez? Is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> <laughs> you love that argument, don't you? I guess. I mean, in 2000, they ran into you know the, they ran into Jeter who. You know, is maybe the most overrated baseball player of all time, but he's transcendent just because he's a playboy, right? Boy, what a lot of hot takes coming from. He's a winner, Rob. I got news for you. Sure, well, don't tell that to the Marlins. <laughs> yeah, boy, he's not a real popular guy down here. We should probably talk about college football, though. Um, since yeah, this is- I don't know. You know, I, I've heard some other podcasts. We were talking about you know who's the top fifteen NFL quarterback and whatnot. So, um, uh, Bill Trochi, our editor, will appreciate that reference. But we should move on. Is okay. Bill Trochi elite? Oh, no, right. go ahead. <laughs> is, Bill, do you think Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer? Let us know. Uh, tweet at us or send me a message on Slack. Leave us a review on iTunes, Bill. Yeah. And just state your case for Edgar Martinez. You know, he didn't play in the field. He was only a DH, Rob. How do you know? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, you know, many times. All right, let's go. Let's move okay. into this. Thing. All right. So you could tell we're, uh, you know, we're off and running. Uh 
we want to remind people, of course, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, hopefully not a bad one after that uh, digression. But Nick has talked about the Jaguars every week, so we had to touch on it. Now, uh, we'll start with Nebraska. Oh, uh, what are they? What are they calling it, Nick? We had or Rob, excuse me. We had Calabrasca before, and now they're calling it what? Florabrasca? Yeah, in a shocking twist, Florabrasca. Flo, or is it just Flobrasca? What I want to look it, it up. Could be Flobrasca. I don't know what it is. I have not interacted with the Cornhusker faithful about you know verbally. I've just seen it written out in well, different ways. I think it should be Flobrasca. Yeah, I've seen the uh, I've seen the the commits uh, talk about it was was why, but we bring it up because all of a sudden the uh, the Huskers reaching to Florida. I believe they have seven commits now from the state of Florida. Is that right, Rob? Before that is correct, I believe. I'm not counting, but that at last check, I think that was correct. Okay, their second highest ranked player, C.J. Smith, of course, uh, who who didn't sign, which was weird because he committed in. Uh, prior to the early signing period, waited to sign. Of course, Dominic Watt, one of your favorite players, uh, committed recently. Miles Jones, uh, you know, another one of your favorite players. <laughs> uh, also a f- friend of the show. Uh, what's it, what's his name? <laughs> Wait, yeah, you're going to have to the give me a better name. Arturo Freeman. Oh, Arturo Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the show, his mentor. So we're not just talking about, okay, three stars here. Those are... Those are three of their, you know, five highest ranked players, essentially, uh, all ranked as four stars. And I believe uh, Deontay Williams, uh, was a, who is a, a high three-star Juco guy, also came from Jacksonville originally. So what do we think? Now, obviously, the staff there had ties to Florida. They all came from Florida. They were all at UCF. They were all recruiting a lot of these guys. And maybe some of them, like Watt, they weren't going to get because they wanted to go to bigger schools that, than UCF. Now, obviously, Nebraska is a bigger school. Can they maintain this into the future? Now, they have the relationships there, but are they going to be able – do you think they're, they can pull three, four, five, four stars every year out of Florida? As long as they win. This is exactly what I said was going to happen when this Frost thing happened. Is I think the example I used on this very podcast uh, – we don't have to go back and find the, the clip – is that I don't think that Nebraska is ever going to steal a ton of guys that are going to Miami or Florida State or Florida. Where they're going to make their living is by stealing the good players that would usually go to Louisville. Uh, see Watt, Dominic, who was probably headed to Louisville before Frost went to Nebraska. Uh, Frost's name carries cachet in Florida. That is the kind of guy they're going to get. Uh, a guy like Miles Jones, who was going to the SEC, a lower tier SEC school. He was, you know, he was committed to Vanderbilt. All of a sudden, Scott Frost takes his show and his offense to Nebraska, which is a brand name. I mean, a lot of people don't want to hear that still, but you know, say what you want about it. They're not the brand name they were in the 90s, but they're still more of a football brand name than Vanderbilt uh, and a lot of those lower tier SEC schools and maybe even Louisville. And Jones goes there. It's it's a nice little marriage of a fan base uh, that's rabid, a school with a reputation, and now a, a coach who has gotten it done in these players' backyards who comes with some semblance of cachet and some semblance of fame down here. Uh, and the stars have really aligned. Now, as long as he doesn't fall on his face and you know somehow – go back-to-back six-win seasons, five-win seasons, and let that fade because you and I and Nick all know how quickly uh, recruits forget about you know coaches and what they've done. Uh, he's got to maintain some some momentum, I think. And if he does, I think this compounds, uh, as it always does in recruiting. Well, we took a lot of heat uh, from the Oregon faithful who said that uh, we know nothing about football in the Pac-12, which, uh, you know, and then when I told them I grew up there, they still didn't care. Uh, they currently have zero 
our players committed. Hold on, why did we take heat from them again? Because uh, we told them that? they weren't going to get any of the players that committed there in the spring. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We said you won't they didn't. get any of them except ones that people don't want. And now they have zero commits from Florida. So what is the difference? My question, the reason I bring that up, what is the difference? I mean, obviously, you know, it's a few thousand, maybe a thousand miles. But what do you think the difference is between them uh, in Nebraska in trying to recruit down there? Or is there one or, you know, in terms of the guys they should be targeting? There is one. And, you know, a, you know, Frost comes with, you know, Frost comes with the brand name. I guess Taggart did to an extent, but Taggart never went undefeated. <laughs> you know, this is Frost. Taggart was never for all he was at USF and he was great and he was celebrated. He was never the hottest coach in the country. He never had an offense like this. There's a difference here. Uh, in the way that they're perceived. I don't know, you know, who knows who's the better coach going forward, but in the way that they were perceived when they took their jobs, Frost is thought of as kind of the golden child that, that I don't think Taggart ever was. I think the distance uh, plays into effect. And I also think that Nebraska is not targeting these guys like Warren Thompson that may commit to you or can't uh, even to go Oregon state, you know, uh, the Miami running back commit Cameron, whatever uh, Cameron Davis that, that will commit to you is going to flip to an in-state school. You know, they're not targeting the guys that are high up on Miami and Florida and Florida state. Oregon did a little bit of that when they got Bolden and they got Thompson. And when those guys started committing there early is when I was like, no, they're never going there. Sure enough. You know, they never went there. I I think if Taggart stayed, they would have kept a couple of them, but you know, would they have kept Thompson? Who, who knows? I mean, uh, but, but getting back to Nebraska, like you said, they, they, they appear to be, they've got the cachet of the undefeated season. That holds for two or three years, probably, because, you know, kids who are sophomore now. I mean, I was in Jacksonville and there were kids. I was at the Pro Impact tryouts and there were kids walking around in UCF gear. When when have we ever seen that before? You know, that was never a thing, right, in the past to go to an event and see like, obviously, they're usually wearing Florida, Miami, Florida State. You would never see UCF stuff, right? No, and that's why to get onto even another topic, this say what you want about this national championship thing that they're doing there. But it has put the brand front and center. I mean, not only is the undefeated season, you know, people knew about it, but now that they've angered every old white reporter by by pulling this stuff, and it's it's all over the place. People are so mad about it, they can't stop talking about UCF claiming a national championship. Well, you know what you're talking about when you're talking about that? You're also talking about Scott Frost's undefeated season, which uh, has kind of spread the message, I think. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see that pay off. Well, we were very skeptical of uh... – Frost coaching in the bowl game to begin with. And then, you know, you heard the athletic director at, at Nebraska say oh, it's a giant commercial for Nebraska. Well, that's what it turned out to be. I mean, they that was a genius plan. I mean, I thought it was going to kind of be a disaster, especially when they were flipping guys to Nebraska while, you know, coaching UCF in the bowl game. I thought that was a little, uh, you know, curious, I guess would be the term. But it all worked out, and now they're getting these guys. I personally think, and I know, I know – we, we kind of talked about this when he was hired. I think Nebraska makes an immediate step forward. I haven't looked at their schedule. We can play the schedule game some other time. But I think they win eight games and they're off and rolling and they're going to be able to recruit nationally because uh, they have to uh, going forward. Well, the, the only thing that really matters here is if they can continue the Scott Frost tradition of covering every spread by 10. <laughs> that matters to some people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we had some interesting news uh, this week when we had uh, Patrick Sertan Sr. 
uh, interview for the job at Alabama. It didn't come out till afterwards that, that he didn't get the job. He did interview. Of course, his son is uh, Patrick Sertain Jr., one of the best uncommitted five stars in the country. He had visited Alabama. Now, I think he is the top uncommitted player in the country. Right. So, so I mean, you know, we're talking about pulling out all the stops. Of course, this if Jim Harbaugh did this, it would have led Sports Center. You know, uh, oh, yeah. it somehow didn't. It didn't get a ton of traction nationally. And actually, uh, Rob, I had some kid from South Florida mouth off to me via Twitter. Uh, you know, because he was he was mad that I was insinuating that that Sertain might leave his high school, which I thought was weird. Um, <laughs> which kid was it some younger linebacker i messaged uh one of our friends down there and told him uh you know tell these kids not to poke the bear obviously <laughs> so i didn't respond i just let it fly but uh, clearly people that shows how much the kids like him and uh and nick i wanted to bring you on in this topic obviously they didn't do it it's, it shows that that alabama is willing to explore all options now i know there are some some big time players down in Texas as well who have, you know, prominent fathers who played or are currently coaching. Do you think it's fair game here for the tide to, if they were Alabama or any other school to hire someone's dad, uh, you know, if it means getting the kid? I actually, uh, I'm not, I'm not really as familiar with this story as, uh, you know, I've kind of had my head in the sand with stuff going on with me. So, so, but Patrick Sertain interviewed for a job and ultimately didn't get it. Yeah, and you can speculate whether and what that had to do with. Um, we should note that Patrick Sertain Sr. is a qualified. I mean, this is a guy, he's the head coach at one of the best high schools in Florida. They just went undefeated. He's obviously got pro ball credentials. It's not like he's just some dude off the street that they're going to hire to get a son. I mean, he has some coaching credentials. I just wanted to get that. I out. mean, as far as... As far as I'm concerned, like it's not a story. It, it's more of a story that he that he just wasn't handed the job. You know what I mean? That's that's really the that's really the thing that's interesting. But I mean, we really a theory on that. There's still, I mean, still the most the the most uh, you know the most obvious case of of something like that paying you know paying dividends was you know with what Matt Rule did uh, coming in for coming in for Baylor uh, last season. You know, hiring hiring a lot of. Uh, high school coaches from the area and and being able to fill that recruiting class in the in the fashion that they did and it's still paying dividends now. I mean, coach, um, you know, Joey McGuire had so many you know so many connections in the Dallas area and they've done you know such a good job uh, continuing to bring players in into Baylor with you know with those connections. So uh, you know it's just it's just part of the uh, you know it's just part of the the college football coaching culture. I mean, we've been talking about it here for for a couple of seasons now. Well, they made the rule that it has to be an on-field position. I think that that rule really just kicked into place. And it's not just of dads. That applies to high school Anyone, coaches. Man. Yeah, but, it, could be, it would apply to us. If they wanted to hire you, uh, they would have to put you on field or else risk losing. They wouldn't be able to recruit any of the kids you've ever had contact with. Right. I mean, I, don't, I seem to remember some, uh, some level, not, not necessarily of controversy, but I remember people questioning Saban specifically about – uh, about uh, probably in in regards to Harbaugh about how many how much support staff each team should be able to have and didn't he have some kind of typically salty comments about it anyway or yeah be... everybody gets mad at Alabama for having too big of a recruiting office uh, I don't really know why that's anybody else's problem there's no rules against it you know yeah but, yeah people get mad that they've got too many people too many analysts this that and a third but it's like that's on you know that's how they use their money. I mean, I, I I don't see why every school that has the resources wouldn't want to have more people. And I think the NCA recently changed the rule or it was discussed in those meetings we had last week. 
the rule was, I think a lot of those analysts were allegedly not allowed to watch film of prospects and give opinions, which obviously every school in the country would be violating <laughs> those, yeah. those rules. I mean, the, you know, the, the kind of people that hit me up on Twitter sometimes, it's like, you know, recruiting recruiting assistant or you wonder like, what is your job? You know, and they're asking me about players and, and uh, things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm trying to look at some of the people who just followed me today because they both popped up like offensive student assistant, player personnel assistant. Like what, so are they not allowed to, were they supposed to allegedly not allowed to watch film? I mean, so what are they? I'd like to know what the, what the, what the, paycheck for the the special student assistant is i think special student assistant probably is not making any money but uh i followed him back so big shout to him i'm not gonna say which school he's from <laughs> so we'll see if he slides in the dms but i think it's going to continue to happen i think now what rob said the theory i had uh, pertaining to uh certaining uh was that uh he they interviewed him for the job and perhaps you know, he didn't guarantee that that he was would bring you know Junior along with him, and maybe that's why they decided to go in another direction. I mean, I, I don't really know. Uh, oh, so that is that is the big story then, because then all of a sudden it's like a reverse. Uh, it, that that does that does cast a, a negative. I see. I see where the story is going now. I didn't see it before. Yeah, that because that I was my theory. The that's just my my theory. Now, like Rob said, I think. You know, Pat Senior is is obviously well qualified to work at a college. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's he's not just some jabroni off the street. I mean, this is a guy who played in the NFL and is a is a is a high school coach at the highest level and you know one of the best schools in the country. So to think he couldn't be a high school or a college position coach, you know, is is one thing. But I I think uh, yeah, that's what I that's per, that's just a it's just a hypothesis. Maybe he. He interviewed and they asked him, you know, you're going to bring him with him. He said, well, I don't know. And maybe that was maybe that was him testing them or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just a theory that uh, that Rob and I had discussed. So I think we'll see it continue to happen, um, especially with the role of the 10th assistant. Now, obviously, they were giving him a real, you know, he was interviewing for an important position. A, a, you know, DB's coach at a school like Alabama is very important. But you you heard about high school coaches being rumored at some of these schools to be like assistant special teams coach, you know, because yeah. they're adding a 10th coach. It's just an extra guy. Uh, it's a recruiting gunner. Right. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So some schools viewed it as as a recruiting opportunity to add another recruiter. Some schools added it as an opportunity to, to add somebody who can help with on-field coaching. So uh, we're going to be following that. Rob, what do we think on Sertain? Are we still projecting LSU? Man, he was at Bama last weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm still projecting LSU because you've got to think that if it was going to be Bama, that, this, that his dad would have gotten the job. Right? Yeah. I mean – I, I still think LSU, although I wouldn't, I mean, he's a robot. He doesn't say anything and neither does anybody near him. He's like a, he's like a cyborg engineered to play football and he's very good at it, but he is very, very hard to talk to. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It would not surprise me if, you know, he peeled off his skin and was a T2000. <laughs> was a mule bot 5000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, LSU's always felt very confident and I think, you know, Alabama losing some of those coaches, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ainsley, who both left for other places. Uh, I think that, you know, they were already coming from behind. I think, you know, it's basically Nick Saban trying to go toe-to-toe with some guys. And I just think Corey Raymond at LSU, uh, you know, has the proven track record that a lot of people look for. So, um, 
that's why I would I still think LSU and they like I said they seem confident now. Boy, it's time for uh, <laughs> we haven't yes. talked, we have not talked about Herm Edwards in like a month. Now it's time for uh, Grandpa Herm's corner. We know uh, famously Herm was a part of a segment that got cut out of the show, uh, left on the cutting room floor uh, because of uh, some things I said about it. But it was your joking manner, nothing. <laughs> We regret to inform you that Herm Edwards is at it again, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, so I get a text from Rob shortly before the podcast, and we have a link. Rob, you brought it to our attention, so why don't you kind of give us the idea of of what Herm said this week? I got to figure out exactly where it was because I want to give I want to give uh, it was on football credit. He said it on uh, the old uh, Mike Golick and uh, Trey Wingo radio show. Yeah, it was on Wingo's radio show. And I guess the long and short of the quote is, while I look for it here, is that, you know, he's, and credit to Herm, he's stepping into a world in which he has not been in for a very long time. Uh, So I understand that. But he really, everything he says, in this time, he seems a little bit overwhelmed by the fact that you have to convince kids' parents that they have to go to the school. (laughs) Well, so that's like, what did you think you were getting into here? Let's give the overview. He said... Him and the AD, they all said they're going to do this NFL model. They're going to revolutionize scouting, right? I mean, that was part of the discussion yeah, we talked about. I have the quote about. in front of me now. Okay. So, so go ahead and tell us what Herm said today. So I don't have the context here, but I do have this, and I'll read you this. Um, you know, it's not like pro football. In pro football, it's interesting because when you win, you draft last. But in college football, you recruit. You have to go after guys. It's – I'll tell you what now. You're not only recruiting kids. But you're trying to recruit their parents too. That's what's amazing. You have to stay in contact with these kids. It's like, boy, oh boy, Herm. <laughs> I'm calling kids all the time, making visits. I'm over. The, I'm all over the place and asking an 18-year-old kid to come to your university. A lot of those kids have no idea why they're going to the university. They don't know. They want to be recruited. They don't know how many people are coming to their house, how many head coaches are calling them. It's an amazing deal. Now, I understand that because it is completely insane uh, if you remove yourself from it, the college football coaches' jobs are dependent on the whims of 18-year-olds. That's nuts. But you'd think that Harm would have kind of been prepared for such a thing before he took the head coaching job at Arizona State. Well, this is this is the real value in Herm Edwards, I think. If, if you're, <laughs> you're just leave it like that. Let's just end the podcast on that note. Let's, let's put the let's put the silver lining on it here. Let, let's say let's say you're just getting into college football or football recruiting. This is something that you just. You know, you just decided, hey, this this is something I'm I'm sort of interested in. I might want to start following. Just, just keep Google alert yourself anytime Herm Edwards says something because you guys can learn at the same time, and you'll be learning as he learns, and he'll put it out there. Everybody, you know, it's a great it's a great case study for you. And then you know that's that's how you'll uh, fit. You know, it figure nice it out. Tool. It's like the uh, it's like the tutorial that comes on John Madden football when you first like you haven't played in ten years and you take the tutorial where they tell you which buttons to press and how the the, the quarterback cone works. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Nick gets a good pitch if you're trying to get you know some uh, some ladies out there or some guys out there who are who are trying to get their significant others into the recruiting world. Just just have them read what Herm says every week and they can kind of figure it out. I mean. The one thing he said that that really caught my eye was uh, he said, <laughs> he said, <laughs> this is almost like professional football when it comes to recruiting kids and evaluating these guys. It's big. We're already on the 2019 guys. 
Yeah, that's and it's like, man, everybody else is on twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one too. Well, and, uh. and our boy, uh, well, actually, I don't know, I can't say who exactly tweeted it. By the way, football scoop, fix your website. Your it crashes my browser every time I go to it, and now I'm going to have to pull up tweet of the week in another browser. Um, our boy at Devil's Digest, I, it was either Hod or uh, or a friend of the show, Rob's friend of the show, Ralph. Uh, I do enjoy Ralph, who uh, who brought it up and said, uh, you know, well, the head coach is not because because you know obviously people are making fun of him on Twitter today, uh, in the recruiting world at least, and and he said, you know, the point that that Devil's Digest was making was that you know it's not necessarily that important for the head coach. Obviously, the assistants do a lot of the recruiting, and I, I think he has a point there. Uh, but the problem is, you know, guess what, Urban Meyer. You know, it's one of the most you know most involved uh, recruiters there is, and same with Nick Saban. I mean, Kirby Smart's flying around in a helicopter, so it's a different standard out in the Pac-12. But now you've got Kevin Sumlin come in, who's who's known for his ability as a recruiter from the head coaching position. That's their main rival. So I don't know, man. We've we've been dubious of Herm here from the Sumlin is the one that that started the helicopter train too, right? I think he was the first one to take a helicopter to a to a game. Yeah, the swag swag copter, I believe it was called. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's my <laughs> I just got an alert from Nuzzle saying seven of your friends have shared Herm Edwards talks about how surprised he is about college football recruiting. So uh that story definitely making the rounds. Maybe that's why uh my but my mouse is on the pinwheel. Uh, too much traffic there uh on the site. So let's move on. It's time uh for tweet of the week. You better hope that mediocre money that you make it rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. Okay, exciting week of tweets. Boy, I have a lot of tweets caught my eye this week. Um, but last, I'm going to go with the most recent one, which this will, this is a two-parter from uh look at Warren, which by the way, the, the prospects from new Orleans do the best job of, of retweeting funny tweets into my timeline. So big shout to, uh, to new Orleans and Louisiana as a whole. So our boy at look at Warren, who appears to be, uh, some sort of music producer, uh, he's got 4,200 followers tweets last night. Apple juice, you know, better than orange juice. Don't at me, which of course Nick hates the don't at me. Now he obviously got some blowback from that, uh, at which point he responds, don't get me wrong, I F W, which means, you know, F with orange juice, but you can't drink orange juice with everything. And then he puts the little shrugging emoji. So <laughs> <laughs> you find some of this stuff funny that I just it really made me laugh. That that's a bad that's poor criteria though because because if orange juice actually tastes better than apple juice, then orange juice is better. Just because you can drink apple juice with more things doesn't wait, make it better. Kind of it more I see, I look at Warren as an adult is rolling around drinking apple juice. Well, if you have Martinelli's apple juice, let me tell you something. If you drink yeah crappy apple juice like we used to drink when we were kids, which is just basically a cocktail. But get yourself some Martinelli's in the little bottle. Uh, made famous by Aziz Ansari, who is uh, now part of the bad list. So. Well, yeah, Aziz made it famous. But guess what? We've been we've been drinking Martinelli's, you know, since the JIT days. So uh, obviously, sparkling Martinelli's sparkling apple cider way to go. What would you guys pick? I'd, I'd pick apple juice. Now. Orange juice. I'm out on orange juice. Too sweet for me these days. I will defer to Herm Edwards. 
I love orange juice, man. I just polished off a, a half galley from uh, from nearby Central Market of orange juice uh, this morning. I loved it. Yeah, if you're drinking real orange juice, it's probably uh, it's probably pretty good. Um, well, I'm not going to do this one because it's a Tide Pod joke, which Rob is really doesn't like. Uh, it's not that I don't like it. We can get into this. It's that is somebody going to tell the old people on the internet that nobody was ever really eating Tide Pods and that the teens are just trolling everybody. Like I'm sure one person got sick, but to make this out to be like an epidemic, the reason this is happening is because the teens are are messing with the olds and everybody's just buying into this. And the next thing you know, somebody was in my mentions the other day saying, what's the world coming to? Everybody's eating Tide Pods and you encourage this kind of behavior. And I'm like, no, I'm laughing at it because it's not actually happening. It's a joke. Really? So you, so people were blaming you for the Tide Pod generation. Yeah, they got mad at me because I was encouraging the people in Philadelphia to riot after, yeah, <laughs> after, I after, after the football game. And some guy told me it was because of me that, that the teens were eating Tide Pods. All right. Well, I'll read this one real fast, fast then. And if any teens are listening, I, I do encourage you to eat Tide Pods. So De- so Derek Allen, uh, Rivals 250 safety, headed to Notre Dame, signed with them. Army All-American tweeted, when I was a kid, I thought we'd have hover cars in 2018. Instead, we got folks eating Tide Pods. And then he put the face smacking emoji. So sounds like he he's a teen. He would know what teens are doing. So maybe he's. I seen- guess the, the brands have now ruined this as well. I don't know if you've seen that the brands are at it again, but they're manufacturing like Tide Pod restaurants are manufacturing Tide Pod shots and Tide Pod brownies. <laughs> yeah, I did see I did see that as well. So uh, that's how you know a meme is over is when the brands get involved. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I know a meme is over when uh, prominent college football reporters tweet about it, as I saw. I think which is what led you to you texting me yesterday about it. So anyway, moving on. I've not heard anybody talk about Tide Pods, and I hang out with teenagers, sadly, uh, 80% of my time. So, um, All right, Ransom Recommendations time. Now, boys, are we, you, guys, you, you guys have not had much lately. So does either one of you have anything this week? I haven't been doing anything, man. I, I recommend that. No, I get nothing. Nick, you got anything? You know, I actually had Alex with me on Sunday. We, we were on our way to, we were in Dallas uh, at a seven on seven tryout before the Jaguars game. And I told him, I was like, I got all fired up about something. We were sitting in the car waiting for it to start. And I said, this is my rant this week. Don't forget about it. And then we both immediately forgot about it. So uh, I had one. I, I owe you guys one. That's but that's what I'll say. If you're listening to a CD in the car with Alex and his song comes on, he doesn't like, does he eject it and break it and have <laughs> snap, snap the CD? You know? If you're listening to a CD in a car period in 2018, uh, I have to talk. I know it's a little I'm bit. I'm going to the Royal Rumble this weekend. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Boy, we can save that's that for the end. Recommendation. You guys were talking about wrestling uh, pre-pod as well, uh, which, uh, you know, obviously I, I tuned out of most of that discussion. So I got a rant. Of course, I think I've complained about this before, but it's really becoming an ep- epidemic on uh, social media. And, you know, obviously, namely Facebook and, and, and Instagram being the two uh, the two biggest parts. So many people and, – and this happened to us when we were kids – at least me, you know, oh, you look through the old family photo albums. Oh, there's a photo of Woody in the bath naked, you know? And, and I wondered at the time, like, why are you taking pictures of me naked? Like, what, 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 what do we need? We needed to document this. And now it's just, you know, if somebody, you know, say, say, for example, my phone falls into the wrong hands and they open my Instagram feed, it's, it's, it's toddler nudes all over the place. 
Hodler nudes. It's like, oh, they put a little emoji, you know, over certain, you know, sensitive areas. But it's like, do you really need to post that? What, what you know, what do you guys think? Have you seen this? I have not because I, I do not have an Instagram, nor do I have a Facebook. But I am familiar with uh, with it happening. I think I, I don't know. I guess people want to commemorate baby's first bath or something. I can see both sides of this. I don't, I don't understand. I'm probably the wrong person to ask about this because I don't understand the need to post any of that stuff. So I'll, I'll just let Kruger move on. Rob, have you seen any nudes or Nick, excuse me, have you seen any nudes on your, uh, you don't check your feeds that much, but. Um, no, well, there, there was one I saw the other <laughs> day. Like, say it. it makes me uncomfortable to discuss baby nudes in the podcast. Well, I'm telling you. Here's the, here's the thing. It's like if somebody took if somebody took a picture of any of us as a baby nude and posted it, there's no way to like I mean like we all look a hundred trillion percent different than we did when we were babies. There's no I mean there's plausible deniability at any time that you could say and even and even if that's the case, it's like that's not a representation of you now. Thirty years later, that's- how self centered are you to think that I want to see nudes of your children on my feed? I don't want to see it. Like. So there's some things should be kept to yourself, don't you think? No, I agree with you. I was just wondering if that's where Nick's outcry was coming. I, I so he mean, was worried about a size representation. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm telling no, I don't care about that because I'm saying it's the same for all every every single boy baby has the same sized <laughs> everything at the time that they're born. It's fine. It's not a big this deal. This is amazing. Well, speak for yourself. You know, I was 10 pounds when I was born, so obviously. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was a niner i was right up there yeah me and cassidy were italian babies we come out big so uh you know and anyway I, I hope we don't have to cut this out of the podcast but the point is uh i don't <laughs> we don't need baby nudes and guess what else we don't need baby hashtags these people have hashtags for their kids i miss the days when we talked about pickles Oh, well, guess what? We've been getting, we got a lot of feedback. People want more pickle talks. Oh, you know, you know what I, you know what I determined too, after the story from last week, if I was that server that you were talking about, I guarantee you, he took the $5 charitable donation and put it right into his own tip jar. Just ran it as a $16 charge on your card and kept the $5. Tip See, and that himself. makes him a double. I mean, I didn't have a problem with him mocking Woody about his child hamburger, but if he stole the charity donation, then him and I have problems. Well, I yeah. guarantee you he did that 100%. Yeah, that that's on him, Coach. Uh, that shows like I didn't even know about his moral moral character. I like that you just decided he did that. <laughs> yeah, that well, he's, he's gonna, the, the, it, the, well, no, I mean, based on based on his personality profile from the rest of Woody's story, I mean, he clearly has no qualms with uh, you know rubbing people <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah, boy, he, he does. He's he a ever. poor server. Yeah, you know, he's even poorer now that he that I got he got stiffed by me. So, uh, all right, moving on. You guys got nothing. I don't know if I have any recommendations. I, you know, my life is. I I got news for you. I'd recommend buying a mall. Uh, I bought a mall at the uh, at the Ace Hardware. Which, by the way, big shout to Ace Hardware. If you've got it, you know, it, it famously one time uh, I went to Lowe's with uh, with uh, Nick's significant other. And she she was baffled at the she's like on the commercial the people are all so helpful and they know everything, uh, and I was like, well, you know, that's not really an accurate representation of customer service at these hardware stores. But guess what? It's usually just retirees, right? It's like any hardware store I've ever been into, it's been like retirees and for some reason a popcorn machine. That's Ace. You're thinking of Ace. Ace always has free popcorn. 
So they got free popcorn. That. They got throwback soda. They got vintage candies. And everyone in there knows what they're talking about. So it's a little bit more expensive. But guess what? You pay what you get for. I would advise going to Ace. I'm probably take my chainsaw in there today and get fixed because I got more wood to cut uh, to uh, rectify my lack of heat, which, uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, is dragging into day eight. Now, we did get – guess what, guys? We got three reviews. Well, two. We got three ratings, uh, two reviews well written out. Uh, most recently from DB Mac, who gives us five stars. Big shout to him. Informative and good banner rats, etc. Would like to see a little deeper dive by position if I had any constructive criticism. So, you know, Rob, you take constructive criticism well. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand what he means. Like he wants us to go through the position rankings? I'm not really sure. Let us know, DB Mac. Hit us up, and we will uh, try to rectify that. Now, this re- this review from Tony Hicks came in on January 15th, and boy, it was a good one. So, Tony, you may be in line to get some garbage off of Rob's desk. We'll find out. Hey, why do I have to send it? You have to send the garbage at this time. And by the way, the person that got the alarm clock loved it. It wasn't garbage. It's a vintage Big 12 alarm okay, clock. Okay, Tony, let, hit me up on Twitter if you want something. I can give you like a uh, – a hat or something? I don't know what I got. Anyway, well, you determine if this is hat worthy. As a college football fan, I'd say this is the most in-depth podcast on the subject of college recruiting. Many podcasts simply regurgitate information from other sites, but the writers of this podcast have original sourcing with coaches, players, and scouts, giving them unique insight of the thinking of recruits and trends of team classes. The podcast is well-produced. Big shout to Nick, who does all the production work, which can't be said of their competitors. And I look forward to their insights on things like visits and camps. Thorough, informative, entertaining. I recommend this site to co- college football fans everywhere. Wow. Give that man a hat, Romack. Tony Hicks. That's quality. Nick, are you in on the hat? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd give him more. Than, I have an ACC Media Day hat that I never took the tags off of. Uh, well, I, I was I thinking know. about I, I, I have a bunch of stuff. I was thinking about giving him a legit rivals hat, which I may or may not still have uh, some of in my closet. I'll have to look. Yeah, so, come up with one of those. We should make commitment issues gear, by the way. And maybe yeah. maybe we'll kick that off the maybe we'll kick that around off the podcast. But I think we should make some commitment issues gear. Maybe we well, can send it out to people. Coach Brown, I believe I sent it to Nick. Coach Brown has produced a mediocre money team logo uh, in in the uh, likeness of uh, Floyd Mayweather's money team. Uh, very similar, and it, it, I think it would be very popular. And I think believe Nick uses that drop quite a bit uh, in reference to uh, the mediocre. So do we put that on the back and then maybe a breast commitment issues logo with the microphone on the front breast? No, I think you just go – you would just go with the, the, the mediocre money team logo and nothing else. You, you don't want to be like – see, like a lot of times I go to buy a T-shirt from a TV show – and I'll have something cool that somebody would only watch the TV show would know. And then at the bottom, it's like Breaking Bad. It's like you don't need to put that on there. Yeah, you don't, they don't need to because they're Breaking Bad. They're not with this podcast. You no. know? But we can, we can talk about this later. Yeah. Maybe we should probably get some more people to listen. So in order to do that, we need more reviews. Please go to iTunes and let us know. Uh, Nick, where are we at time-wise? I cannot check the timer. Do you guys want to talk about wrestling? Do we give a, a short wrestling preview? No, there's nothing really going on other than I'm going to go and be a maniac for two days in Philadelphia and watch the Royal Rumble and scream and yell. Probably get in trouble. Somebody wins the Royal Rumble, right? Yes. 
I believe you could. Did you guys predict it correctly last year? Yeah, Kroger did. We have a pool. So we do a pool every year where we throw in money and we pick random numbers. And we each get three numbers. Ten people do it. And the winner wins $300. Uh, I didn't predict it. I, I just got lucky. I didn't predict it. Who won yet, last year? Who won the pot? Uh, Randy Orton. And Kruger won the money. Oh, big shot. Nick, boy, three hundo. What'd you do with that? It was two. Uh, two hundo. What'd you do? <laughs> it was two hundo last year. It's three hundo this year. We've increased the pool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I probably invested it very soundly. Yeah, he bet it on the Jags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he put it. He put it in. Uh, he put it on a new Blake Bortles. Well, I'll tell you what. If I win, I'm betting it all on Arizona State to win the national championship this year. Well, I'm rooting for the Miz because the Miz has been in my life a lot lately via uh, the Real World Road Rules Challenge as he continues to reintegrate himself into the MTV world. Maybe I think he's getting out of wrestling. I, I thought he was getting back on the prime. No, he's red. He's red hot right now, man. People he just won him. the Intercontinental Champion again. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's red so. hot. Yeah, good. I'm glad he's back in favor. So, uh, all right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Go to Ace Hardware. Not a sponsor of the show, but. Uh, Boy, I love them. You know, Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks, as I always say. And the popcorn's good. Popcorn's great. I might go get some right now. So uh, tell a friend. We're up to 61 reviews. Of course, the goal is to get 100. Uh, If you leave a good review, we'll give you some free stuff. It's my turn. Uh, Hopefully, we'll give Tony a hat if he messages me on Twitter. And uh, I guess that's it. M. Deuce, uh, play us out. Play us out.